Teachers are leaders. And we're here to emphasize the good in education, one practice, method, idea, or trend at a time. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Teachers Are Leaders podcast brought to you by the Warren Instructional Network, and I'm your host, Andrea Coachman. Okay, we are here for another episode, and today is fun for me because I feel like I am with Allison Risen, who has, through the years, become a, well, I mean, started as a colleague, has become a friend, and definitely somebody who I love hearing from and, you know, talking shop when it comes to instruction. So, Allison, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I was, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. So a little bit about you just for all of our listeners. So you got your start in education as a teacher. And I love that because, and you told me, you know, you kind of keep that at the heart of, you know, when you think of instruction, like how can you ensure that all students have access to all the things, the curriculum, Mm -hmm. the instruction, the resources. So Mm -hmm. I think that's an awesome perspective to have when, you know, working on that equitable access for all. That's pretty cool. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then, so move from a special ed classroom to general ed self-contained, but then throughout the years have served as a reading specialist, an interventionist, a long time as an instructional coach. And then most recently for the last three years, you are the director of literacy. You support pre-K through five. Woo! I do. <laughs> it is fun. Yes, I love and a a lot of work. (laughs) Yes, yes. I know it's always one. And I don't know what it is about even just adding in like the pre-K to the K, but Mm -hmm. there's so much learning that happens in those first years in education. I mean, it is just kind of blows my mind thinking about how much those little kiddos just absorb in their brains. We have such a great team. Our our principal at um, our pre-K center um, is phenomenal. Um, and then when I just think about like all the work we do in K2 with like reading academies, we have our own in-house reading academy coach. And so it really is a team. I yeah. mean, you know, you know that from being yeah. in the role as well. Like it's, it's definitely not just one person. So yeah, no. And that's awesome. You know, um, I feel like you stay you stay places because of the people that are around. Yes. You. So like you get that team and you're like, these are my people. We're doing great stuff. Like this is. Yes. Yes. Wow. I love yes. that. Okay. Well, so thinking through all of your experience, can you share a favorite memory just that has stuck with you, you know, has kind of stayed through the test of time, something that just stays fresh in your brain when you think about the awesomeness that is, you know, your experience. Yeah. So, um, I have, I have quite a few, but one is, so I had, um, the, the pleasure to teach at the same school as my sister-in-law. Oh, fun. And we both were Miss Rison. So I was Mrs. Rison and she was Miss Rison and we shared students. Oh my gosh. 
So I had um, her students about 40% of the day and she had them about 60%. And I mean, I don't know, we did this for probably two or three years. And when I tell you, like you just said, like you stay at a campus or at a position because of the people, Mm -hmm. but sharing kids, I mean, and it was so funny because it would become this joke where the kids would say that she was the other Miss Ryson. Oh, she would say, hold up. I was the original Ryson. Like married into the family, you know, it was so funny, but I mean, the kids loved going between our classrooms, like her and I collaborated. I mean, it was like, our home was, was an extension of like of school. I mean, we went on a road trip to Houston and I remember, um, um, her, she got married and then her husband was like, oh my gosh, like I just listened to three and a half hours of y'all talking about school and ideas and collaborating. But I mean, that we had so much fun. I mean, and we would have, um, you know, the students became part of like our family. I mean, absolutely recently gone to like, you know, celebrations in their family, their birthday parties or things like this graduation. And so it was super fun. It was, it, was, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. What is that's so yeah. special. Like what a great, yeah, very special. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So you and I could talk about a hundred different things and we definitely have talked, you know, through the years about all the things when it comes to education and literacy and, you know, yeah. happening in classrooms. But today we are going to focus on one specific thing. We're going to dig deep into cognition and elementary, <laughs> which, and so thinking about that, I mean, if I were just going to give a simple dish, a simple definition to metacognition, I mean, it is thinking about your thinking. Yeah. It's an awareness of your own learning or thinking process. That's like this, you know, the, the definition. Okay. So when we talk about metacognition. And I mean, obviously in your work, you know, we're talking about those, those young babies, like at that very beginning, why, why is this, you know, an area of focus? Like how has this become something that you guys are really, you know, honing in on? So we, um, uh, we were inspired by Dr. Afflerback's work um, mm-hmm. and more, more specifically his book, Teaching Readers, Not Reading. Mm-hmm. And so um, it just really had, um, when I say we, it's our literacy team um, from K through 12, we uh, met together and had a book study along with our EDs for elementary and secondary. And we just started to think about, you know, uh, like with Dr. Afflerback, he said that it's more than just teaching kids strategies, Like, and I feel like sometimes I've, and you know, I've done this where it's like, what's the latest strategy for something, right? Right. And the, the thing about metacognition that just, I'm, I'm sort of like just fascinated with anything like brain related. So my, one of my most recent reads is like how to build a better brain at any age by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And I'm like obsessed with it. So anyway, so, but I, we just got totally inspired by this because the thing about metacognition is you and I, Andrea, like it's our metacognition and, and our skills when it relates to that is like, 
working behind the scenes at right. all times. Right. And it's like, how do we just start to like make that a part of our classrooms and a part of our learning community? Like our team and I really, we had a guiding question after we started to read and discuss this, how aware are our students of themselves mm-hmm. and the work that they're doing? right? Their resources and the challenges that they may face. And then are they aware of like how they should be progressing and if they are progressing? So um, that, that sort of just launched us into um, some great discussion and then really thinking about what do we already have installed in our classrooms? Right. Um, and it was, it was fascinating to see that it seems like we might be doing a better job of it in K through two, which is nice. Yeah. 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 Huh. Well, and I wonder, is that because, I mean, in those K two classrooms, I mean, I'm especially thinking, you know, kinder and then the beginning at first, like they're not, they're becoming readers and writers. Like there is so much more that you have to talk about. Like, do you, is, is that why those teachers in those classrooms kind of maybe were doing more? I think also like I can speak for our district, like we, um, we value choice, um, mm-hmm. a lot in the early years. And so I think they're offered choice and believe it or not, they have some, they have more like self-initiated learning, mm-hmm. um, And I'm wondering if like in grades three through five, I mean, you have, you know, you have the state testing, you know, there are things that it's like, we have to nail this down. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure, like we're right in the middle of it. We're going to, we've gathered some ideas from the book and um, we're going to do some professional learning around this in the fall. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I mean, obviously the idea is to, to improve that. Right you know, metacognition that making something that is so invisible, I know, (laughs) very visible, right? But So thinking through, I mean, what you guys have done and what you're looking, looking to do, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the big thing, because accomplished readers are metacognitive, right? Yes. So, I mean, And it's like, how do we, we want all of our students to be accomplished readers. So some of the things that, so we made some connections of like, what are we already doing? So one of the things that we're already doing um, is we set goals with students. So that's one, um, one way like metacognition allows for goal setting. And so we're, we do that pretty, pretty good at all grade levels at the elementary. So setting goals, you know, often it's around, it could be like around like map, but when we're we're talking K2, a lot of times it's, it's phonic skills. It's like, I'm going to pay attention to the endings of words. Yeah. Or I'm going to point out and read the digraphs that I've been learning. So that's been, been really, really cool to see. And then you know, the teacher or the coach or school admin asking kids, like, what are you working on? What are you learning? And it's like, oh, I'm learning about digraphs. And let me show you here. I flag some on a page. Yeah. So that's like that, like early, 
the early years, like that type of metacognitive work um, yes. that we made connections that, that that's happening. And then I guess also just really speaking to like, and how's it going for you? Yeah. Kids have now K through two, how, you know, they have some trouble answering and like, how's it going? They think everything's great. Yeah. Great, you know, <laughs> but um, I'm not sure. I think I, I cannot remember the author of the article, but um, you might have run across it here recently too. But it's like one thing that we can ask kids in grades three through five is to reflect, of course, like the end of the lesson or end of their independent work time, Mm -hmm. but to ask themselves, what was muddy for me? Oh, or I think in the article, it said like, what's the muddiest, what was the muddiest part? I love that. I love it too. And so like, that's one thing that we could easily implement into one of those exit tickets or in the reflection part of our, um, you know, reading, reading time workshop is Mm -hmm. like, what was muddy for me? And like, what, what went well, you know? And I think that like, as adults, we do that, you know, not all the time, but often we think about like, if we're um, I just launched into a new genre of reading, which is psychological thrillers. And so oh, my 20 year old, I love them. So my 20 year old daughter just got me into them. And so, but I mean, think about like everything that we do, like when I got confused on, okay, wait, what's happening? Like, I'm aware that there's an issue going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I think, okay, what's my fix up strategy? Well, I, I probably need to go back and reread or phone a friend, like come in here, like what I'm, I'm at this part, like, and you know what I mean? And so it's those things that we need to like model for kids and think aloud. Um, so kids can see that that's what should be happening in your head, in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, one, we can have a a whole other conversation about psychological thrillers <laughs> because I, that is my favorite genre. Is it? Okay. I just got yes. into it. So, yes. <laughs> um, but it does make me think, you know, like we've always heard, and you know, I mean, I come from a secondary background, so, you know, teaching high schoolers, it is different, but it's really not. And at one, and I cannot remember who said this to me when it was, or if it's from a book, who knows? But it was that like a teacher having a conversation with a student and they said something like, you know, well, what, as you're reading, like what's happening in your head? And the student was like, nothing, there's nothing <laughs> like, is there supposed to be something? Yes. In my head? But I, I think that that's something that, you know, like you said, accomplished readers, that's, it's just, you have, you're having a second conversation in your head or a conversation with yourself. And I think that sometimes we forget that everything has to be modeled. And so starting with those, you know, those kindergartners and those first graders before they're reading, like going through that and really breaking it down to that basic of even just the, wait, what just happened? Oh, let me go back. Let me check that. Let me go back and reread. And it's like, you know, I feel like sometimes you, you feel like you're doing it wrong or you're, you know, going too, too low or too far down, but you have to teach that inner voice. And that kind of blows my mind sometimes. I think think we owe it to kids to say like, Hey, 
this is what skilled readers do. And you're, you, you know, this is what you can do to become even better or, you know, or why don't you share with us like what your accomplished, like reader brain is doing, you know what I mean? Like bringing them in on the conversation. I love that. Um, Reader brain. (laughs) One of the other things that like I, that we do in K through two really well is we've, um, we're reading and writing workshop. Um, and we've also partnered with the CA group, who is a just brilliant group of um, consultants and literacy leaders, along with the Charles Butt Foundation. And we've implemented implemented blended learning within our workshop the last like three or four, three years, three or four years. And so one things that one one of the things that we do is we have choice boards for K through two students. So this is another thing that Dr. Afflerback talks about. He doesn't talk about choice boards, but about like giving kids, allowing kids to like initiate and direct their learning in that. So that's really the gist of it. It was just new for us, but that's another way of like having kids like direct their learning. So, and on the choice board, you know, it's some things that they have to do. Like you have to independently read. Right. Um, But you can choose, like, do you want to do some phonics work today? Or do you want to do some shared reading with some of your friends? Right. And so um, that's another thing that we're doing and that we connected it with our book study of that's one way to like foster this type of thinking is to have kids work collaboratively in groups and to also just take uh, ownership of their own learning. It's like, okay, I want to... I want to work on my phonic skills today. And yeah. just them doing that, you know, they're they're probably revving up their mind in a different way than if they were like, I want to go get on Smarty Ants and do some reading or what have you. Yes. So yes. it's that type of things that that I think a lot of teachers are probably already doing and I think should, you know, be happy about. Well, but I feel like that's kind of the same, you know, like we're talking about kids being aware of their, you know, metacognitive work it's kind of the same with teachers like you don't always realize that you are doing so much yes many things yes pinpoint them (laughs) yes and I think that like our next step for k2 is to ask the question of like what like what felt what was hard for you during during your choice board time you know I don't think um I don't think that we ask that, um, and maybe some teachers do, but um, that could be something like that we just, you know, as we're walking around, even as kids are like maybe starting to collect their stuff and move on to the next, you know, part of their learning day is like teachers walking around and saying like, you know, hey, Allison, what was like hard for you during this time? Or like, what did you do really well? I mean, you talked about setting goals, and then we talked about the, like having the choice um, is there anything else that your te- like the teachers are already doing that focuses that metacognitive work? Yes. Yeah, so the other thing is we have um, we have goal sheets that goal kids. Sheet. Oh, you mentioned goals. goals. Yes. Yeah, goals and so good. they have uh, like a data tracking sheet. We um, tried digitally in K two but we realized that they really needed paper. And so they have, and so they're able to show you like, this is what I'm working on and this is how I'm doing in it. Um, like I said, a lot of times it's, it's um, in some classrooms, it's um, 
based on skills Mm -hmm. and strategies. And sometimes it's based on a little bit, something more broad, like a reading level or like a a score or something like that. But yeah, so I think just having goal sheets and we have them pretty much in K-5, but for sure in K-2, which I think is just a really good start. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would say it's more than a good start. I think that's a pretty good start. And I know we have one of our teachers who, who does such a great job of, of teaching kids like these are the words that kindergartners need to know. So like high frequency yeah. words. Mm-hmm. Um, um, these are the words that you just have to know. And here are the ones that you're doing really like you know these. And here are the ones that you're working on. And so um walking in walking around a classroom and asking kids like how's it going? And it's like, yeah, I'm learning these new words. Yeah. Right. I mean to be able to speak to that and and to speak about their progress. Um, is really, is really fascinating to see. Yeah. Well, and what a great, I mean, I feel like this is one of those things you don't really think about how much you do it until you start talking about how much you do it and trying to be intentional with it. But just even the things we do on a day-to-day basis with, okay, you know, these are the things I need to do. How am I get them? How am I going to get them done? How am I going to go about Was it efficient? Was it not efficient? You know, like, we are making those decisions and, you know, are aware of our thinking, you know, as adults, even outside of our, you know, reading or writing life. It, it obviously transcends everything. Every, yeah, right. Right. In all areas of our life. Um, and so I think, and one of the things that um, the book really discusses is having, um, and if you have not read the book, listeners. I haven't, but I will, I'm going to link it. Um, I'll put a direct link to it in the, yeah, little you have to, I mean, because it is so inspiring and it has, um, what, what I was going to mention is it has some ideas for, um, metacognitive strategies and metacognitive checklists, Ooh, which had me thinking we, um, you know, how, if you, if you don't have this in your classroom yet, like how easy it is to, to create one there, there's some in the book, but also it's just like things like, and I know in some of the, the sessions that we use in workshop have something similar, but it's like, for example, like if you're in a fiction unit of study, mm-hmm. students might have a checklist in their reader's notebook or in their reader's, uh, you know, resource bag of like, do I understand the story? Right. Like what has happened so far? Yeah. Um, And then also like for grades three through five, it's like, what is the goal of our, what was the goal of our mini lesson today? And how can I connect that? Like, if we're talking about plot elements, how can I connect that to the book I'm reading right now? And so just having those visuals, you know, the statements like printed out, so kids have that checklist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. I love a checklist. In I love a checklist. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is awesome. Okay. So what are, what are y'all's next steps? I mean, you know, based on like going through the book study, looking at what you're already doing. So then what, what comes next? What are, what are y'all working toward this coming year and in years to come? So one thing that we're going to do is we are going to, um, in August or in August or September, um, primary, elementary, 
middle and high are mm -hmm. going to meet um, the, co the mm -hmm. coordinators or coaches are going to meet with teachers and we're going to have professional learning around this and really just having this discussion of like you and I right now, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, what do you know so far about uh, metacognition? And by the way, is also metacognitive thinking about what you already know, right? Yes. So it's like, what do you already know? What are we doing? So we're going to do some professional learning about it, um, mm -hmm. around it. And then um, implementing some of these checklists. Another suggestion is a proactive checklist. And this is where um, it's a, yeah, proactive metacognitive checklist. Mm -hmm. So this is, and this is really cool. It was fascinating to me because I think we do it better maybe in K2. So it's like, it's things like, it could look like this. Like the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to gather my resources. So let's okay. say like during independent reading, mm -hmm. I'm going to gather my resources. I'm going to get out my choice board. You know, it's, I'm going to think if I have trouble during this time, where mm -hmm. can I go? Yeah. Like, what can I do? Um, I'm going to open up my goal sheet. What am I working on? And the, that, that's that proactive checklist that I think is ah. fascinating. And yes. we do some of that already. And so I was re really proud um, just to think about the work that we've already done. But I think that's going to be our next step is like professional learning with teachers, get their ideas of like what's going well already in their classrooms and sure. what do they want to try on next? Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Try on next. Yes. Yeah. Which, and I feel like, I mean, the same would apply. You know, I like to say, okay, well, what about our, what about our other listeners? So, you know, what, what could they do if they want to dig in to metacognition? Like, what would that look like? But I kind of think it's a little bit of the same. I mean, one, like I said, I'm going to link the book. So, you know, people yes. can go and read it for their, on their own. And metacognition um, is just one part of this book. And I just, it inspired me so much. I ran with it. Yeah. But one, one other thing that I think all, um, all listeners can, you know, maybe try out is looking at one of their state standards. Okay. And thinking about what is the metacognitive workload here? Mm. And then making a checklist with it. So I, I did that work with, it was a third grade TEAK and it was analyzed plot elements, including sequence of events, the conflict and the resolution. Okay. So if I want to make like a metacognitive, I'm calling it an MC checklist that, that. complements that standard, mm -hmm. it might have something like what has happened so far? What is the problem or conflict? like stop and think, has the problem been solved? Mm -hmm. And then questions like, what was easy for me? Yeah. What did I not understand? And then ending it with like, did I meet my daily goal? Ooh. So that's fun work. And I think that you can do that across any grade level. Yeah. Any subject. Well, that's what I was just going to say. It's not just reading language arts specific. This could absolutely be something to transcend all content areas. Right. Oh, I like it. It's good, right? We might need a part two. Yes. <laughs> no, we'll have to have a, how's it going? Which yeah, is how's it going? Yeah. What's happening? Oh my gosh. I love it. This was 
uh, exactly what I hoped it would be, but like, you know, thinking about our thinking. (laughs) (laughs) It is awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time and the information and the passion. It is very clear that this (laughs) book has inspired you in the work and that, you know, I'm excited. And I'm so grateful for like, the op- for the authors and researchers that I learned from, like Dr. Afrobach. And, and then again, like Dr. Sanjay Gupta, he has that book out, Build a Better Brain at Any Age. Well, <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I'm going to link that one too. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, it that has nothing to do with, uh, with reading strategies. However, wow. it's fascinating. And I just wow. appreciate people you know, I don't know that share their like expertise. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Teachers Are Leaders. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. We are, you know, wherever you find your podcast. And if you're looking for us outside the podcast world, we are on Twitter at Warren IED. And our website is Warren IED. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun.